Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, coming at you on a dark and gloomy day in Madison, Wisconsin. Sounds like there's some rain down by you too, Joe. Same story down in the Big D. Yeah, it was one of those. So not, uh, not, not great, Bob. No, not at all. It was one <laughs> of those days where I had to have the lights on in the condo like the entire day today. It was just so dark out, not a lot of natural light, so just uh, kind of a not a, Not fun. Dog. No, yeah. not at all. It's like I was getting lunch ready, and I'm like, man, I feel like I should still be having coffee right now because it's <laughs> like still dark out. What is feels like on? you're making dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How you doing today? Yeah, I mean, outside of the weather, the gloomy, this gloomy uh, BS uh, again. NFL stories don't quit, so we got a little bit of that. Got some MLB stuff to uh, go over as well over the next, uh, you know, over this next uh, little bit of. Little bit of time here. Unfortunately, not the end of a lockout. That would be <laughs> tremendous MLB news. But uh, we did. We do have a few things to talk about. So as we get closer to the baseball season, it gets me all amped up. So I'm I'm ready to go. And unfortunately, we kind of have to obviously at this point put the football season behind us, which is depressing in its own right. But uh, it it gives us an opportunity to move on and and talk about some other stuff. So let's go. Absolutely. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. If you want to check us out on our personal social medias, Gel can be found at Das Gel. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at Das JPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Send us in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. More than happy to respond back or else we'll answer them on our next podcast. You can check out our podcast on your favorite listening platform. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. As always, going to kick it back over to you, Gel. What are you sipping on today? Sticking with the, the tried and true fat tire. Nice. Got another another one of these bad boys. Always a, always a nice solid, uh, solid option here. So oh, yeah. Figured I would, uh, did you know. Had a couple throughout the week, and uh, so finished. Probably finished that this uh, little six pack off uh, either today or uh, maybe by by Friday, probably. Had a boy. That was one of my uh, beers that I would go to in college. There's a bar down on Main Street in Oshkosh, uh, known to the locals as the D Pub, and they had dollar taps <laughs> all day, every day, and that was one of the beers on tap. That's so. a dollar, dollar up there. I think it's a dollar and a quarter now. You know, inflation. Oh wow! I haven't been there in <laughs> inflation <a> years. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> nice frosted what mug a too. Yeah, no, it was a it was a good time. We uh, spent many a Thursday nights in there. Uh, <laughs> That is a lot better than the uh, our up the touch tunes. Our uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the touch tunes classic. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot better than our uh, our offer of Old Milwaukee for a dollar at at our our local watering hole when I was in college <laughs> at uh, UW Milwaukee. So yeah, just a little step up, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yes. I have still not gotten to the liquor store, so I actually have a truly lemon iced tea today. So something little. Oh, you guys refreshing. are still rocking the iced teas. Yeah, you know, the fiance, that's uh, one of her go-to packs, so they're usually I mean, stocked up in the fridge. <laughs> so, you know, to to each their own. In. But uh, you know my feelings. <laughs> yes, 
It's quite either... well documented on this show. Yes, it was either that or grab one of my Goose Island bourbon barrels I have chilling in the fridge, and you probably would have been doing the podcast about ten minutes in if I had polished one of those off <laughs> myself. So. We'll save that for we'll, uh, we'll save that for a special event. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we will. <laughs> All right, Joe, first news topic up on the day today. Going to run through some NFL news here. Super Bowl viewership was the highest rating in the last five years. 112.3 million people tuned in to watch the game. It's awesome seeing that number go up. Anything out of the ordinary, you think, why there was more people tuned in? Was it teams maybe that, uh, or I guess fan bases and football fans that were like, oh, Tom Brady's not in it. I'm going to tune in. I don't really have a rooting interest in this and just want to watch a good game. I mean, I, I seriously wonder about that because the it was up significantly from last year. And I, I wonder if there was kind of, you know, kind of some Brady fatigue. You hear about this in the NBA. You hear about LeBron fatigue in the NBA and uh, – uh, when it comes to, you know, the finals and the finals ratings, that kind of stuff. Uh, I wonder if there was maybe some kind of Brady fatigue last year. Uh, but for this year, obviously, the number was incredible. Maybe maybe just the general public. Well, first off, let's just start with NFL is the king of the, this country. I mean, it may as well run this country. So the number doesn't surprise me. It It is a third, basically a third of this country was watching this game then, which is a crazy amount when you consider how much of this population is, I mean, how many, you know, babies that can't even watch, you know, aren't <laughs> watching football. So, you know, that that's, so realistically, you're probably looking at, 40 plus percent of the population was watching this game uh, that were non-infant or that, you know, were non-infants. And that's just in, like, it, that's crazy. I mean, granted, I don't know anybody that doesn't watch the Super Bowl, but there are people out there that I'm, that I guess don't apparently. And I don't know, football's king clearly, but I wonder, is, is there a Joe Burrow factor in here? Is it, Holy shit, we haven't seen the Bengals in the Super Bowl since the 80s. Yeah. Or, you know, LA, it's, you know, LA team, a lot of obviously a ton of celebrities there. Uh the halftime show I think probably played a part. You got probably non, you know, maybe lesser football fans that were wanted to make sure they could they would tune in to that halftime show which was obviously one of the more nostalgic shows that we've ever seen in in the Super Bowl and nostalgia plays a huge part in, in yeah. everybody's, you know, viewership. And that's what kind of, you know, kind of fucks with people's brains sometime, uh, sometimes. But uh, I think maybe that played a part too. probably the halftime show. Maybe there's a Joe Burrow factor and just the fact that it's in L.A. with an L.A. team, tons of celebrities, tons of stars. And just the fact that football's king. Yeah. Well, like you said, LA is one of the <laughs> largest cities in the country, so that definitely helps when a sports team from that city is in a big game like that. And you also wonder too, I personally don't know anybody that was a fan, but did the Rams being in St. Louis for a while and growing that fan base there have anything to do where I didn't see the numbers at least from the Missouri St. Louis area where 
were a lot of those people tuning in? Are they still Rams fans? I mean, I don't. I I've never had a situation where that's, my that's favorite thing, team though, left. They might just be all pissy about the fact that they abandoned uh, St. Louis. So it's hard to say for sure if they're yeah. fans. Maybe they moved on to uh, Mahomes and. But that know. was one of their rivals, though, too, because it's the other team that was in Missouri, technically. I mean, Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas City, right there. But still, yeah, it'd be interesting. If uh, anybody out there listening is or was a St. Louis Rams fan, let us know what the uh, general consensus is down there. I'd be interested. I did see that Cincinnati's ratings, so they're, uh, I, I forget what the technical term is, but it's basically, it's the the share of that market and and basically eight is i the the figure was basically in summation 84% of the TVs that were on in the greater Cincinnati area were tuned into this game so that's just a massive that's a massive percentage of people yeah. you don't you don't see that for anything damn uh, i mean like out in LA it was somewhere closer to 60% so just you know, it just shows you kind of I I guess a the commitment from these Bengals fans and b the crazy diversity of L.A. and of California as a whole in terms of interest level uh, or in terms of you know not not necessarily interest level just in sports but in terms of interest level of you know there's people that were tuning into other stuff versus out in Cincy uh, but. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not surprised. I think this number is just going to continue to grow. It is the, so this was the highest rated one since the Seattle New England game, okay. New England Super Bowl, uh, back when, when Brady threw that pick to uh, Malcolm Butler, who unfortunately for Russell, unfortunately, Russell threw the pick. Oh, shoot. I said Brady. Yeah, <laughs> that would be hard to do. It'd be impressive. Not even <laughs> that. Be, yeah. um, I, I was kind of surprised by that when I heard that that's the highest rated Super Bowl of all time, or at least, you know, that it's been this was the highest since that game. But then I got kind of thinking, you've got a the Brady fa- at that time. You had the Brady factor and you also had, you know, Russell Wilson. I was, was he necessarily a star at that point? I mean, it's not like he wasn't at the level where he is now, where, you know, dating Sierra and everything. I don't believe he was dating her at that time. Maybe he was, uh, but that would have sucked in some fans. But then I, you also have to consider full East Coast, full, you know, you're you're hitting the entire country, Northeast, all the way to the Northwest with yeah, something like that. Plus the Brady factor. It's interesting, though, because that wasn't even the first Super Bowl Russell Wilson was in because he was in one prior to that when they beat Denver that year. So, right. It's, yeah, that is kind of interesting that that was the highest rated game, but. I wouldn't have thought it. It, it just, no. I don't know. I wouldn't have thought it, but. Yeah. Thought that was a little little fun fact there. <laughs> if you were tuned into the Super Bowl this last weekend, you did see Joe or uh, yeah Joe Burrow go down with a knee injury, grabbing that knee. Didn't keep him out of the game at all. Got news today that that was an MCL sprain. So good news, you didn't tear anything. Sounds like he is going to have some extensive rehab to do this off season, but. Obviously, we'll have plenty of time to do that to get ready for the regular season. And you think that? Do you think that if that was a regular season game, that he would have been done for that game at least? I mean, because it he was in a massive amount of pain 
But it's also Joe Burrow who's not he's not out there to just, you know, give up on a game or give up playing time, you know. He's out there. He's got a you know, he's got a mind of his own and yeah, he if it was regular season, he probably would have looked at it a lot longer on the sideline, but as soon as he got to the sideline, he was telling trainers to go away and didn't eat anything. So he, there was right, no way. Yeah. He pretty much would have had to broke have broken his leg in order to not go back into that game. So <laughs> Marsha or uh 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 oh, yeah. The old Greg Jennings video. <laughs> Broke his fucking leg. <laughs> That's in, so, oh, such a classic. <laughs> I was thinking Byron Leftwich, but uh, oh, okay, at Marshall. Yeah, uh, but that that video, that and the uh, Darren Sharper, one of the hardest hitting <laughs> safeties in the league. <laughs> Those two videos. It's crazy. So epic. Such classics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joe Burrow's coach, Zach Taylor, got a contract extension today that will run through 2026. So good news for him. He obviously had a great turnaround from last season, well deserved. And well, from his I mean, from his previous really his last three seasons. Yeah. Because his first two, he won six games. Last year he won four. And then until Burrow went down, I mean, granted, he's not going to win anything with the quarterbacks that he had before uh, no. or, you know, before <laughs> Joe Burrow. I mean, that was a that was a that was a shit show. But yes. but uh, no, it's what happens. You get your quarterback and show that you're not absolutely worthless and he deserves the payday. Yep. What else? What else are you going to do? I mean, you can't, <laughs> it's not like, you know, you, you just kind of have to extend him. Yeah. No. And it's. It's always nice to see the coaches get extensions like this and you don't ever run into that awkward scenario of, oh, I'm in the last year of my contract and then what do you do after the season? So, Well, that's the situation now with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. going in, He's now going into his last, uh, his last season of his contract. Yep. Yeah, which that will be interesting. We'll talk about him, I'm sure, in a little bit. When we get to Kyler, but uh, Rams parade happened today on Wednesday. Saw a nice video that came out of Sean McVay saying, let's run it back. Had a red solo cup in his hand. Just absolutely oh, just shit house. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was hilarious. It was hilarious. And it's, you know, good for him. I, you know, it, it was, I mean, we all saw when Tampa won their title last year. We finally <laughs> got Brady. to see wasted Tom Brady. And that was hilarious. The fact that he threw that Lombardi last year from one boat to another. And it's not like he cleared that water by, not you know, 10 feet. I mean, it was, it was a really risky move. And he, but of course, you think, I mean, Brady's not going to miss that pass. So, uh. <laughs> But but no, it was it was great seeing this video and and McVay just absolutely again like you said with the red solo cup and he's just chanting, uh, "Run it back, run it back," talking to uh, talking to Aaron Donald. So it sounds like at least McVay's intention is to, in his words, run it back, which makes me think that he's probably not going anywhere, um, and and that this may be still this negotiation tactic. What do you think that I was kind of thinking about this. So you got Bill Belichick out in Boston making 
14, 15, 14, 15 million dollars a year, something around that. I, it's not public. It's not out there in the public, but that's kind of what the reports have been in the past. McVeigh right now is making half that. He's making uh, just over eight million. But he lives in L.A., where obviously the rich get taxed like a mother. <laughs> Saw gas prices are approaching five dollars there too. Sheesh. <laughs> Oh, God. Golly. <laughs> Golly jeepers. Uh, but what do you think? I mean, if we're being honest, with that, you know, in comparison, I mean, I, I don't know if he's necessarily deserves Belichick type of money. But if you consider their take home, you know, post basically, you know, post tax uh, take home money. Is he worth, you know, if you're, if you're uh less or not, uh, less, if you're Stan Kroenke, the owner, do you say, look, man, look, Sean, we're going to, we're going to bring you back and we're going to give you 20 million a year. And then that take home probably ends up pretty close to what Belichick is making out in Massachusetts. I don't think he should be making more than Belichick and Belichick's had so many more rings to his name right now. He definitely deserves a a payday though i mean look at what he's been able to do in his time out in los angeles so i definitely think low teens probably i'd be comfortable like the 10 to 12 million a season and that i mean that's plenty i mean that's that's tons of money regardless of where you're living yeah but i mean i figure figure the take home on a 10 million dollar contract is probably close to five mil yeah. versus out in Massachusetts a 10 million dollar contract probably gets you closer to like 8 mil. I don't have you know I'm not a, I'm no a taxologist over here so <laughs> yeah. uh, or a uh, a taxidermist. Yeah. I just I don't think he's <laughs> in the same league as Belichick. Belichick's a great uh, No, I don't think so either, but time, so he definitely I deserves a payday that's disputable. But not, yeah. But I don't know if you if I mean you're gonna have to entice him with some cash if you want him to stick around because he could you know if if you got Amazon money you got Fox money that are that are th- you know they're gonna be throwing around dollar 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 bill y'all so he could I mean we saw what Tony Romo's making now with CBS why not why does McVeigh not deserve more than that and I don't know I. I I think I think uh, I think Kroenke might have to pay up to get McVeigh uh, get that going on. Yeah, he might have to, and at that point in time, then I guess you just have to go and <laughs> just say that this is my top offer, and if you want to go to TV, then you're going to TV. But you can't. There's no way you can make as much as some of the guys that are on TV. Those companies are huge, and they'll just throw out money left and right, and you got to stay within some reason with a head coach. One other thing that I had heard from this uh, regarding this parade, of course, LeBron James needs to make sure he gets involved in anything regarding uh, regarding the city of L.A., anything regarding championships. Self-centered, you know, of course, needs to <laughs> he needs to make sure he's in the news. And he suggested, you know, because so they uh, the Lakers. Obviously, he's a Laker right now. They want a title. And the Dodgers won a title, and they didn't really, there was no opportunity for them to have a parade because of COVID. So, of course, he needs to be the one to interject himself into this conversation, into this topic, and suggest 
why don't we do a, you know, a parade for all three of us, all three of these champions, you know, hashtag city of champions. And it's like, just let the Rams have their damn moment, man. Like back the frick off for a second here. Let the Rams do their thing. Why does LeBron think that he's needs to be involved in every damn thing re- revolving around this city, revolving around sports? Let the Rams have their moment. And the other thing too, you know, the Rams are the, what, fourth, fifth most important team in LA based on this fan base? I mean, you know it's Dodgers, Lakers, one, two, throw in USC football, throw in UCLA basketball when they're good. And then, it, and then maybe the Rams are, so the Rams are like the fourth or fifth, you know, most popular team in LA. So, you, so you're, if you're the Rams, you're coming off of a title and you'd be the, you know, you'd be like the stepbrother in this and, you know, be <laughs> kind of looked at as the low, you'd be, you'd be the lowest on the, uh, you know, importance of, you know, most celebrated teams in LA. And of, of, but of course LeBron has to feel like he needs to interject on something, something even as silly as a parade. Well, and it's so fucking stupid too, because they won their fucking championship in a bubble. There wasn't any fans. There was nothing. So I don't even count that as a championship. Like, yeah, technically it was, but when you win something in a bubble, there's the no Mickey, fans. It's the, it's like, the it's, Mickey Mouse. It's a Mickey Mouse championship yeah, it was, being played at Disney World in front of no fans. Yeah, it was stupid. So I don't. And then they haven't done jack shit the last two years since then. So it's oh, they're they're absolute garbage this year. The other thing, the other thing that's really that. Yeah, maybe it'd be fun for him to have a parade or whatever. That that sounds that's really that's really nice. That's cute, LeBron. But like half that team isn't isn't on the roster right now. <laughs> right, half of that championship <laughs> yeah. team isn't even there. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna run out a parade for with your current teammates that where most of them weren't on the team? Yeah. Or do you bring back? You know, some guys retired. The another other guys moved on to other teams. How does that work? Like, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he had a little bit. Uh, he's a, he's a pretty avid, uh, you know, pretty public about loving his wine. So maybe he had a few. Maybe he had a glass too many before, when he said that, because uh, it makes no sense, like at all, logistically. And it, of course, LeBron though trying to steal the spotlight yeah. and, and and just. <laughs> I don't know. He's 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 the way he is. He is what he is, and and there's no disputing his basketball incredible. I mean, second best basketball player of all time, in my opinion. But but uh, doesn't mean he's not a douche. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I will second that. <laughs> Somebody that is hardly ever in the spotlight and is definitely not a douche. Derek Carr. It sounds like is going to be trying to work out some sort of contract extension with those Las Vegas Raiders. Sounds like in the lights of what forty million a year. Is that <laughs> is that right? I mean, that's the going cost, I guess, of a <laughs> quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that's. What's your other option here? No, exactly. It's just you're gonna go draft another Jamarcus Russell, right? No, it's just <laughs> to me what I get out of this is Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. He's not somebody that's gonna win you a game, but he's somebody that's gonna keep you in it. He shows flashes at times, but man, it just shows that when you find a quarterback that is serviceable in the NFL, that man, they get paid. <laughs> I mean, that's that's I a lot of money. Would, uh... 
I definitely don't agree with the first part of what you said because I think he did win them a ton of games this year. That team, that roster, look at that roster. Outside, you got Max Crosby and you got Derek Carr. That's that team. I mean, Josh Jacobs, yeah, he had a great rookie year, but I don't know. He's been oh, he's been solid since then. I mean, he hasn't been spectacular by any stretch of the imagination. That team was basically, you know, he he was kind of the duct tape for an extremely dysfunctional team, and they made the playoffs. Yeah. There's no chance they'd make the playoffs if it wasn't for Derek Carr. So, I think he does win. He does win games for you again. I mean, he's not he's not Joe Burrow. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that, but I think the way that he played this year, he absolutely deserves this forty plus million dollars. And Josh McDaniel, what else? What else is he gonna do? I mean, what he he's not gonna want to go into this season not knowing, not not with any you know with no sense of security whatsoever regarding the quarterback spot. So he's probably he's got to be pushing for this as well. I would I would imagine. And then also a new GM. So you need. I mean. I don't know. I, I I think he's absolutely worth that forty plus million dollars. We saw Dak Prescott getting. You know, he got the bag. Who would you rather have, Derek Carr or Dak Prescott? I'd say they're probably on a pretty similar level. I personally probably would prefer Derek Carr, but I uh, I think he's just a more accurate thrower, and and they both are. They're both really similar players. Very heavy on you know strong intangibles. Not world beaters in terms of athleticism or arm strength or anything. Uh, you know, Dak when he was when he first came into the league, yeah, he was. But after now, he's had multiple lower lower body injuries. He's kind of lost a little bit of that little bit of that speed, a little bit of that power that he used to have, and now he's more of a pocket QB. Same thing with Derek Carr. He was actually a pretty damn athletic dude. Ends up breaking his leg at, at the uh, you know when he was on his way to an MVP Cal type just- of season. And ends up breaking his leg, and he hasn't really had the same athleticism since either. So I'd say they're pretty they're between Dak and Derek Carr, pretty pretty similar quarterbacks. You saw Dak get the giant contract that he did. I think Derek Carr deserves the same kind of a deal. Well, that's just where the quarterback market is now. I guess I was just getting more so that forty million of your cap tied up like that. That's just a ton of money, but that's. Obviously, the most important position on the field for a quarterback is the quarterback position. Yeah, so and, it's just... at the same time, I mean, we saw the same we 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 had the same conversation back when Jimmy Garoppolo got his contract once he was traded to the Niners, and that was when he was making like he was making like twenty eight and change, and we've just seen how that quarterback market gets driven up. Yeah, so over over just a couple of years, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, two three years from now, by the time we're in twenty twenty five, you might be seeing you might be seeing guys asking for forty nine fifty million bucks a year because that that cap's not going to stop going up. Yeah. The way that the NFL is just basically printing money, I mean, that cap's not going. Or sorry, that cap's not going down, and and the quarterback as we continue to as we you know we're going to talk about uh, in in a you know. Before the end of the week, we're going to talk about all of the fourteen playoff teams and just. Uh, it, but all if you look at all fourteen of them, the quarterback situation is 
at least for the elite teams, obviously completely settled. So the quarterback position is just much more, it, it's it's as important and it's as it's ever been, more important than it's ever been. And if you think you've got a guy, you have to lock him in, in my opinion. So I think he's deserving of the contract. And again, he's, <laughs> can you argue that he's, or argue against that he's the most mature person maybe in the entire city oh, of yeah. Las Vegas <laughs> for sure <laughs> so <laughs> not just within the organization the entire city so he bring he just brings so much to that team and and that stability that they desperately needed last year after obviously the rugs and the Gruden situation back to back and Damon Arnett back to back to back and they still made the playoffs. That's all Derek Carr, I feel like. So I think he's worth that. I think he's worth that kind of money. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. But at the same time, that's that's the going rate right now. I mean, if if we're talking, you know, back in the 1980s, somebody with a desk job making 80K probably thought that was nuts too. So you know, I don't know, I, and or or you know, and somebody in IT making 120k. It's just kind of how it is, and you know that that as the market goes up and as people become a little bit more important to every organization, they deserve to make little. You know, they deserve that money. Yeah, and that's that's where Derek Carr sits. Yeah, it's just like Personal I said, opinion there. It's just crazy because I mean, where would you put him in? the quarterback ranking in the league does he crack the top 10 top 12 top 15 i mean where i i I'd probably say he's probably helvers right around 10 yeah i mean uh, what, what do you what do you go i mean you go and this is in no particular order but yeah. figure those those four afc teams uh that we that we've been harping on those four young afc quarterbacks yeah. of mahomes allen burrow herbert uh, throw in on the NFC side, Rodgers. <laughs> now there's no Brady, so maybe Derek Carr does slip into the top ten. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean he's he's right there. You could probably I you know maybe throw Stafford in there now after he wins that title. Lamar. He he probably hovers right Lamar. Yeah. So I I'd say he hovers right around ten. I'm not gonna. I don't have, you know all the numbers and everything yeah. in front of me. Uh, but, but I'd say he hovers right around 10 and that's appropriate. Uh, and I think that a top 10 quarterback deserves, deserves the bag. Somebody that's looking for the bag still is uh Kyler Murray out in Arizona. You had some uh, numbers that you wanted to bring up here, gel for his early on in the season versus the rest of the year. Yeah. So, from these are these are his statistics from September. Okay, so I'm gonna break it down from September October, so the first eight weeks of the season versus the rest of the season. And there's a pretty steep drop off amongst these three uh, these three categories, these three uh, statistics. QBR September through October sixty five point one. The rest of the year forty seven point five. QBR your your average quarterback. Based on the way that QBR is, uh, you know how the way that it works, your average quarterback, your QBR is fifty. So based on QBR, once you got into November, 
He was a below average quarterback. Completion percentage, September, October, 73%. That's, it's crazy to think, it's crazy to to say this now because that used to be the absolute gold standard. But, you know, when Breeze was thrown for 74, 75% completion percentage, but now 73%, it's up there, but that's kind of the standard now. The rest of the season, 65%, pretty, you know, 8% drop off, but... When you're throwing as many passes as the as he as he does, the way that Cliff Kingsbury likes to run his offense, that adds up really quickly. Yeah. And then yards per attempt, and I think this is this this and QBR the two really big hitters for me. Yards per attempt September through October, eight point nine yards. So you're almost talking about a first down on every attempt in the first the fir- uh, in September and October. Rest of the season 6.7. Again, that's below league average. So it's always been a concern when he from the time that he got drafted, when he was a young, you know, young pup that there was potential for him to break down especially as we got later into the season because of his size and because of his playing style and you're we're seeing it. This is now statistically being shown. The other thing too, those three statistics, QBR, completion percentage, yards per attempt, between September and October, all three of those were top five in the NFL during this span. So he was performing at a top level at that time, but you saw a pretty steep drop-off once you got into November, and you wonder, it's always been, hey, it's pretty risky to take somebody at this size, at this position, Facing now these defensive linemen that are as big and as athletic and strong as they are now, bringing in a guy that's five foot nine, and we're seeing—I mean, we're we're straight up seeing the decline in his play as we get later into the season. Yeah, the only thing with those numbers that I will say there is something that does correlate a little bit with that, and that is DeAndre Hopkins was out for a good chunk of that back half of the season, that's which fair. that is a lot of his deep shots down the field. That's a heavy target percentage from him, but he just didn't look the same. I mean, just the eye test alone, he was not the same quarterback. I don't know if once he had that injury against Green Bay and then was out for a couple weeks and then just had a huge drop-off and just wasn't comfortable or what his deal was, but it was night and day just watching him. So, no, it's... I am very curious on what happens with Arizona. Obviously, they're not trading him. There's no way they're going to trade him with the draft capital that they used to taking him as the number one overall pick. To grab him, yeah. And you're not going to get anything back that is going to be equivalent of that. And then you're searching for a quarterback. You don't have anybody on your roster right now. I don't think... uh, (laughs) <laughs> who's the, I can't even think of who is it Colt McCoy thinks they're backup right now. I mean, he's obviously not Colt starting McCoy. for the game next year. You're starting for him next year. Hey, hey, so McCoy did win. No, he did win. Uh, a McCoy game, did yeah. go. He, he went two and one in his three starts. Don't be shitting on, on my boy Colt over yeah, here. But he's not a starting 17 game NFL quarterback caliber. So it's, it is what it is. Oh no, the Browns tried that. And yeah. <laughs> granted of course it's the browns that tried that <laughs> right but saw how that worked out so yeah no i'm very curious on how this situation is going to play out 
obviously if you're Arizona, he's, we talked about this the last couple episodes, so I won't dive in too deep, but he's under contract for two more years before they can even do the franchise tag or anything. So he's not sitting out and losing money. So it is, it's still, it still bothers me. The love me or hate me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep getting better. Whatever he said, like, who hates him? I don't know. Where, I don't know where he gets that idea. Yeah. Like nobody's like really like like the first the first time that anybody's really talked shit about him was when he scrubbed the Cardinals off all of his social media sites. Otherwise, dude, nobody would even be talking about Kyler right now. No. The only thing that we would be talking, the only reason that we would be talking about Kyler right now would say, "Is he due for an extension?" That's it. Yep. We would not be talking about any of this bullshit that's going on right now. Yep. And as soon as you, so this is so love me or hate me, like, <laughs> we're, like what? You know, fifty cent here. <laughs> hate to love it, done the dogs on top. Wish he would have dropped that one in the in the halftime show. But like, who hates you, man? Where do you? I don't know. Just delusion and and self centeredness to me. But whatever. Let's. As this continues to develop, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. We're still kind of in the potentially the beginning stages of this. Who knows if it gets ugly or or maybe it gets resolved really quick. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Joe, let's switch gears over to the PGA Tour this week. Can I get a uh, golf swing from you? <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> not my not my best. <laughs> Coming off of the Phoenix Open last week, we are moving to Riviera Country Club for the Genesis Invitational. This one's always one of the fun tournaments to watch throughout the year. There's a couple quirky holes on this course. Last year, Max Homa beat Tony Finau in a couple hole playoff. They, I believe, played 18 twice and then went to 17 par 3, one of the holes anyways, but uh, ended up um, Tony Finau again kind (laughs) of fell apart down the stretch. Max Holma fell apart on 18, didn't even know if he was going to be getting into the playoff, but ended up having quite the tournament. A couple holes I wanted to point out here if you're tuning in this weekend to check out. Hole number six is a par three with a sand trap in the middle of the green. So the green surrounds this entire sand trap. So it's always really fun. And every time I see that hole, I'm just cheering for the golfer to hit it so that the sand trap is between him and the hole. So he's got to like chip off of the green and get it to like slow down That's, and yeah. stuff. So it's always, it's almost, a good time. it's almost like a, it's almost like a putt putt course. Like <laughs> yes. That, you know, yes. it's like, it's like the reminds me of the Adam Sandler where <laughs> yep. the, the clown in the middle. <laughs> yes. The other, you're going to die clown. <laughs> right. The other hole I absolutely love is the first hole once they make the turn, hole number 10. It's a short, drivable par four that is just surrounded by a bunch of traps. And if you hit it into the trap, most of the time the pros are excited about that. They're very good hitting out of the sand. But the way that this green is set up, it is almost impossible to get the ball to the hole depending on some of the hole locations. So it's it's always fun. That's one of the holes that they typically will play during the playoff if it gets past 18. So it's definitely a risk-reward hole. So you can get an eagle on it depending on the whole location your drive but it can also turn into quite a few bogeys double bogeys so it's always one that uh, yeah i i know that uh i know if that were me playing that hole it would uh i'd end up trying to you know get under the ball and you know pop it up and out of the bunker 
I would end up smoking the top of it and it just end up rolling across the green into the bunker on the other side. <laughs> right. That is uh, Yeah, that would be that my how it nightmare. goes for me on on any any bunker work. Yes. For the most part. Yeah, cuz I'm assuming that my style too out of a lot of the traps around here don't have lips on them. I'm assuming that most of the PGA tour has lips on the green they side do, bunkers. For sure. so definitely can't use the old Texas wedge, the old putter out of the sand traps like I usually do. <laughs> It's always so intimidating when, and we'll, you know, with the British Open, what they call it, the Open, I'm going to call it the British Open. Those, some of those, like those bunkers that are, you know, you're, you've got that nine foot tall wall that's (laughs) trying to, trying to knock your ball out of a, out of the bunker over a nine foot wall. But, uh, you know, so I don't, you're not going to see anything like that on this course, but, uh, certainly, certainly, like you said, can't just try to roll it out. Yes. (laughs) Some of the notables that are in this field, again, it is pretty much Tiger Woods' invitational. So we've got the top 10 golfers in the world playing in this, quite a few notables. I'm going to run through the list here, Jill, some guys that I'm excited to watch this weekend. We've got Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tony Finau, Sergio Garcia, Ricky Fowler, Scotty Scheffler, Sergio. John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson, Hideki Matsuyama, Rory McIlroy, DJ, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed. So all pretty much all the top golfers in the world are playing in this tournament. So that always makes for a fun and exciting time. Got to see Tiger doing press conference today. Gave a little update because, of course, if Tiger's in front of a microphone, someone's going to ask when he's playing again. And he just pretty much said that he's feeling really confident in his putting short game, some short irons. But he said he still really hasn't gotten to where he wants to be with the driver long irons and does not have a time frame on when he'll be back. So which is kind of I think of that's expected. probably expected to say. I mean, it's, you know, if you're hurt, if you're hurt you can work on your short game as much as you want. I mean, we saw, we saw your brother with his bad back uh, last year when he, when that was shot (laughs) and all he was able to do was chip onto the green and, and putt. So I think that's probably to be expected because obviously, and especially the way that he swings, he's got so much torque that goes through his entire body from the ground up. And Obviously, his his legs and his and his, you know, kind of his that midsection is what's really being what's really affected right now from from the accident that he was in. So it's not I'm not shocked here, uh, but I figure it's going it, to and he's he's it's not like he's in his 20s anymore, so he can't recover as quickly as he maybe used to. Uh, so not a shocker, but obviously it'll be it'll be it's it's cool to have him out there. And like you said, this is kind of. It, you know, it's called the Genesis, but really it's kind of the Tiger Open, if if we're being honest. Yep. So it's and, and I think all these guys coming out, I mean, we saw how many players have skipped a number of tournaments this season so far. And this is really the kind of the coming out party for the entire, you know, to have the entire field. I mean, you you just read off that list of names. That's crazy. You only see what how often do you see that type of a list of names outside of majors? 
Yeah. Very so I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, you, you got to be pumped. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Rory's been playing over on the European tour. Sergio's been playing on that. And this is usually like the first tournament that we start seeing some of those guys come over and start making fairly regular appearances. So before we get right. into our picks, though, Gel, I did kind of want to touch on that. Two notable golfers that are not playing in this, Phil Mickelson and... Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau is hurt right now, but DeChambeau. we had some uh, some conversation and talks that have come out this week that they're kind of mulling offers for that Super Golf League, or they need to come up with some other name first off for that. Like that to me alone, <laughs> yes, I'd be that, like, I'm not is, playing in the Super the des- Golf that League. That is desperate. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like you know your your rec bowling league maybe that's what you could call like super bowling league yeah <coughs> shit take over josh <laughs> yeah. i'm dying but um colin colin morikawa came out this week and said he's not interested in playing in that league at all he has always had his heart set on playing in the pga tour and doesn't want to not play on the pga tour he's always wanted to see if he could break tiger's records and have just kind of the nostalgia and history of the PGA tour, but this super golf league's not going away. It's going to happen. It's backed by the shark, Greg Norman, and it'll be very interesting to see some of the guys that end up making that jump over. I know Lee Westwood has said that he signed an NDA with them, so he's not able to talk about it, but if he signed an NDA, odds are, I think he's probably going to go play in it. You would think he's, but (laughs) Yeah, no, then that means he's going to end up being, he's basically tied to that league at this point. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wanted to jump back to, over to what more, what you're saying about Morikawa. I mean, I, he's, he's obviously still a really young dude. And I think, so I think it makes, it really makes sense for him to grow his brand, grow, you know, and as his game grows, you want to do that on the state side in what right now is the biggest golf league in it's i mean it's no super golf league but it's <laughs> it's the PG. but you want to you want to do that to grow your brand and grow you know grow your game on you know in the PGA tour i think it's different though you mentioned you know you had obviously brought up Phil and Bryson mulling offers i think it's different for them cuz obviously Phil's his, his it's like you know his name his brand it's set he's not Obviously, at this point, he's not trying to grow his game. He's trying to win a tournament. <laughs> he's not, you know, that's what he's focused on. Same thing with Bryson. I mean, I once he, you know, obviously, anybody that follows golf on any level or even just sports in general, I'm sure you you've heard about Bryson and his insane, his insane, you know, bulking up his insane diet where he's cranking out ten thousand calories a day you know, steak and eggs for breakfast every day and protein shake every five minutes. (laughs) Dude, it was like, he's that dude's knocking out like eight protein shakes a day and just bulking up. So he's, he's kind of, he's now an established name. He's got an established brand. And I think that that probably had that you have, that has to factor in if you're going to focus on playing in the PGA tour for Morikawa again, being as young as he is. I mean, he's still in his mid twenties. And maybe low 20s. Uh, I think 25, 26 probably. Yeah, I think mid 20s. And so I think, that, I think that that probably plays a factor here. But I hope to see 
as many golfers as possible that take the same approach as Morikawa and and dedicate themselves to the PGA Tour because I know you mentioned on a previous episode that uh, what was it? Uh, there, if you do participate in that Super Golf League, what a joke of a name! <laughs> if you do participate in that, you can't play in any majors or is it any any PGA events? I- Rumor was that the PGA, you're barred from any PGA Tour event. So you're on that league and you're stuck with that league. So that's what the rumor and who was. To, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're here living in the States, do you really want to be flying back and forth across the world? Yeah. Every Wednesday or every Tuesday coming back on Sunday after the tournament and then having to fly back out on Tuesday, Wednesday again? If you live in the States, I don't think you want to do that. That's a long flight. Granted, yes, they they, they fly. They're going to be flying in. It's not like they're flying, you know, coach on Spirit Airlines or anything. Back like row that. next to the shitters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they're not like they're traveling in luxury, but still an eight hour flight or a 12 hour flight is still a 12 hour flight. Plus the jet lag in so, the different time zones that you're going to be playing in. Like, yeah, that to me just sounds like an absolute nightmare, but <laughs> yeah, Un- unless this super golf league is going to come into the States, I can't see that really flourishing too much, at least not in the long term. Yeah, no. And like you said, I think Phil's somebody that would go and play on that because Granted, he won the PGA Championship last year, and every once in a while you'll see flashes. But if he's after more money, which I think he is, obviously he wants to make money, and his brand's big well, enough. He's got he's got, to, he's got to recover from all of his uh, you know phony investments and all that. <laughs> but it it makes sense, I guess, for him because you're going to be guaranteed money being on this tour where obviously the PGA is all performance-based and you make the cut, then you start getting a payday, and then depending on how you finish, that's what you make. So it it makes sense for some of the guys that might not be at their peak anymore and be able to compete with some of these top guys on the tour. So we we saw Tony Finau playing across the world, uh, was it uh, two two weekends ago probably? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, the Saudi and so yep out in the Saudi yep so uh you know he fin- he ended up finishing second last year in this tournament the Genesis uh ended up losing in a playoff to Max Homa we've we kind of you know he was in contention for a ton of tournaments he had he, his number of top five top 10 finishes last season all last season I mean it was it was incredible he was on an absolute tear but he never was able to really close it out up until he ended up finishing. Uh, he ended up winning a tournament in August last year. But to start off this season, he hasn't really been a name that we need to focus on so far. What kind of expectations do you have for him for this tournament and I guess going forward? Yeah, he hasn't looked like himself after last year. Obviously, like you touched on, won the FedEx St. Jude in August and... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough this time of year because some of the tournaments that happen after the Ryder Cup in the fall aren't huge tournaments that a lot of guys play in. So it's just kind of maybe just getting back into the swing of things. But Tony Finau's always been Tony Finau. No pun intended. Yeah, he shows flashes (laughs) at times. For a while there, like you said, last year he was on a great run where he was (laughs) finishing top tens, like just like just showing up pretty much. I mean, it was it was just yeah. So I 
I don't know. I I don't have any major expectations like as in major tournaments, but I I could see him getting a win here. It's one of the maybe not necessarily big name tournaments, but I don't know. I mean, he's historically played pretty well at this tournament, so I would expect him to make the cut. But again, I I don't know. He's so hard to put money down on or have any confidence at all in because he seems to be up there and then just can't can't seem to close. Coffee's for closers. <laughs> <laughs> lame very why don't we dive into our uh you want to just get into uh yeah you know uh, what what everybody's here to listen to yes. and get into our uh our drew locks yes so we've got our golf picks for you if you're new to the podcast how this works every week gel and i will pick a golfer that we think is going to do well in a tournament hopefully obviously win we want to pick out the winner but uh Started off with the Century Tournament of Champions and picked a golfer every week. Once you use a golfer, you cannot use them again, and uh, you cannot use the same golfer as your opponent. Who's ever in last place going into that week gets to pick their golfer first, and that is me. Gel still rocking that two-stroke lead after both of our guys went uh, <laughs> minus 13 last week. So Yee! I believe you are at minus 77 overall in the season. I am at minus 75. And again, that's just a running total of what your golfer shoots relative to par, and we're just adding it up. So this week, I'm going with somebody. It's a little bit of a blast from the past, has won a British Open um, handful of years ago. It's kind of come out of the gates pretty hot so far this year. Had a nice performance last week at the Phoenix Open. Somebody that's historically done pretty well at Riviera Country Club, and he's actually a member at this course. So have a little insight there. Nike's, and going yeah, look with at that. Uh, Francesco a... Molinari's, who I'm locking in this week. Wow. So, yeah, blast from the past indeed. Yeah. I like it. Yep. So I, I just kind of like how his style is, and I'm not going out on a limb and saying he's going to win this week, but I I think he's going to make the cut and put up a solid number. And again, we burned a big golfer. I had Hideki Matsuyama last week. You had JT. So I didn't want to burn another huge golfer this week, even though it is a bigger tournament, a lot of big names that you could use, but kind of saving those, putting those in the bank for a little bit later on and uh, trying to pick a guy and find a little diamond in the rough here. I'm going the complete opposite strategy here. Uh, I, it, as tempting as it was to kind of find, you know, one of these, one of these diamonds in the rough. Uh, I wanted to, you know, given that we do have the top ten golfers in the world all in this tournament, I wanted to make sure that I was, I was going to pick a guy that does fall into that top ten, and I, you know, this, <laughs> he's been, he's been just too damn hot. He's been in the you know in contention to win every tournament that he's played in this season and i i i i hate to kind of burn him cuz we're only in february and he's going to be in contention all season long but he's playing a this tournament is in LA or the LA area and that's his hometown patrick cantley I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go for it this week, and and I'm gonna use who he he's been the most he's been the most impressive golfer we've seen this year so far, and so I'm I'm ready to I'm I'm just ready to go balls to the walls here, ride out you know hopefully hopefully extend this this two stroke lead. <laughs> no, I like it. He's been absolutely on fire. Almost took home a victory last week, I believe. 
going into last week, he'd won three out of his last six tournaments that he played in. So, I mean, that's just absolutely tear that he's on right yeah, now. No, that's an absolute fantastic pick. I had picked him a little bit earlier on, so he was not available for me. But uh, no, I, so this is our I first. This is going to be our first crossover Correct. pick of the season, I guess. Then, yep. Congrats, Patrick Cantley. You are the first golfer yeah. eliminated. Goodbye. all right gel that will close out this episode we'll be back tomorrow have a couple other just kind of random topics we're going to throw in it's been kind of a slow news week but some that i'm excited to talk about talk a little mlb little badger basketball got a little bit of college football news with jim harbaugh signing extension and then we're going to dive in and talk a little bit more gel had alluded to Typically, half of the NFL teams do not make the playoffs the next year. So we're going to dive in and kind of give our picks and just kind of walk through and see what teams are probably likely to fall into that category. But again, you'll have to tune in tomorrow. You want to check that out. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. Be the first thing that pops up. You want to check us out on our individual social medias. Gel can be found at Das Gel. I can be found at Das JPEG. Again, write us in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. We're more than happy to answer any questions. Absolutely love answering your questions. So I've had a lot of fun with some mailbag episodes. Hopefully have one of those again here in the coming weeks with a little bit of a transition in the sports season. And you can subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. And what are those platforms that can find us on, Joe? Make sure to hit us uh, hit us up on our presenting sponsor, Anchor. Uh, again, you know, both a web browser and an app, uh, Anchor.fm on your Google Chrome, Firefox, Safari, whatever platform you use to uh, do your do your web browsing. Anchor.fm there, and just search Anchor on your Apple App Store or Google Play. Find them there. Great listening tools, and uh, you know that's where we're able to do all of our editing and able to present this this gorgeous piece of art to you on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> iHeart, and Google Pods. Uh, make sure whatever your listening platform is to subscribe, rate, and review. Take a screenshot of that written review, send it to us in our DM, slide into them, and uh, we will, once you once you send us that screenshot, we will swag you out with some dead arm sticker action. Again, appreciate everybody out there listening to the pod. Tell somebody you know about the podcast. Great way to spread this and help us get more content out to you. Rolling out four shows a week here and... Uh, Pushing that content pretty heavy, Jill, and excited about it. It's having an absolute blast doing it. Hopefully everybody out there is enjoying our podcast as well. And uh, Jill, close us out. Skit scat, meerkat.